Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We're going to read verse 1. We'll start with verse 1. Uh, Sister Don, it's just going to be this chapter. Just sort of follow uh, through with me. Pastor is just going to do a little teaching today, something the Lord has strongly laid on my heart. I do want to say we had an incredible, uh, incredible prayer conference for those of us that were able to make it to prayer conference. And uh, there were a couple of sisters that ministered during the day on Saturday. And it was just dynamic dealing with um, dealing with parents, both uh, married and single uh, parents and our children. And then the second one dealing with our young people. Uh, we got those uh, DVDs and uh, I, I want to make them available. While I was listening to that, I said, Lord, every parent needs to hear this, no matter the age of their children. Every parent needs to hear this, especially if your children are still in the home with you. And uh, so we are going to make uh, copies of those. We're not going to charge you for them I, because I want you to listen to them. I should charge you $100 a piece. They're worth 1000 I should charge you 100 just so you have an investment in it. But I'm going to take a chance on your uh, desire to learn and do better and, and be a better parent and that you will actually listen to it. Now, how many of y'all actually still have a device at your home that's capable of playing a cassette? How many of y'all still have a car that you can actually play a cassette in? Wow, really? You still got a car? I didn't know they existed. Sell it. You get a lot of money for it. Okay, listen, listen. I, my truck still plays cassettes, by the way. It's a 1992, I think. 385,000 miles and still going. All right. I love, it looks like it's going to fall apart, but it's actually a pretty good truck. Out in the vestibule are some old cassettes of years back because of the times and other conferences from around the world, powerful preaching. And so if you can have a cassette, just grab them. The entire sets are out there. Just please don't run up there and grab all 15 of them if you've got cassette at home. Give somebody else an opportunity to, to, uh, to get one, and if there's some left, we'll leave them there next week, and you can get a second set. Nobody will know you were stingy. So just grab one and go home with it, and it'll be, I, I promise you, these cassettes will be an unbelievable blessing to you, some of the greatest preaching you will ever hear. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Verse 3. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Lord, I pray that in the next few minutes of this service that you will minister to this wonderful congregation. God, some of the greatest men and women upon this planet are sitting right now upon the seats in this auditorium. 
baptized in your name, filled with your spirit, living a life of separation unto you. I ask God that you minister to our hearts, our minds, and our spirits. I pray that revelation is unfolded in our lives, that we might bring the eternal blessings of God and the grace of God into our life. I ask it in the mighty, wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody say amen. Turn to two or three people around you and tell them unexpected but faithful giving. Tell them unexpected but faithful giving. Lord bless you. You may be seated. To our guests, we are glad you have come to be with us. One of the testimonies was she had mentioned she showed up and pastor preached on tithe. And that was, I guess, one of those Sundays that the Lord made me do it. It's something I do maybe once or twice a year. I don't do it often. However, today's one of those days. So if you're not preaching on tithe today, actually, I'm just preaching on giving in general. And I want to reveal something to us through the word of God that I think will bless us and will help us to walk closer to God and to bring his blessings into our life. Last week, the Lord ministered to us on a Wednesday and Sunday about being thankful, about bringing the offering of thanksgiving unto the Lord, which is part of a peace offering there in the book of Leviticus. We learned that when we come to God, we don't only come with an offering of unleavened bread, but we come with leavened bread. And so we don't just come before the Lord uh, giving adorations and praise and shouts unto him. And all of that is incredible and wonderful and is needful and even commanded in the word of God. But that is the unleavened bread. That is me standing before an eternal God telling him how great he is, how awesome he is, how he has changed my life forever, how he has blessed me and blessed you and kept us and like the testimonies today with Terry spared our life and and I'm here to tell you that Terry may have been able to see and know what happened but there's probably another hundred of us in this congregation today that God spared your life as well and you're not even aware of it living for God goes so far beyond our comprehension and our understanding. The benefits and the blessings that are brought into our life every single day that we open up our eyes and invite Jesus into our life that day sets a pattern and a path wherein he directs our steps and he instructs us in our deeds and our doings and because of that we are indeed blessed. But not only do we come to him with the unleavened bread, but we come to him with the leavened bread. And what that means is, God, I recognize that you are eternal. You are pure. You are holy. You are righteous. But, God, I also recognize 
that I am undone. That me, God, I am, I am, I am a sinner saved by grace. If it wasn't for your mercy, wasn't for your, your grace, Lord, I wouldn't even be here today. If it wasn't for your healing power, if it wasn't for your protection, Lord, I, I'm just man. I'm just, I'm just part of humanity, as Isaiah says to us, that God uh, understands our humanity. He knows that our life is but, uh, but a vapor, uh, uh, but a breath of air, but a flower that fadeth. And that within us are uh, uh, fallibilities that are false and uh, in, inadequacies and uh, inabilities and in how we fail. And we bring that leavened bread to God and we lift it up before him. And we say, God, I can't do this without you. I can't make it without you. I don't have it in me. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not able, God. It's not in me to accomplish what needs to be done. And we recognize our humanity before for him and we bring him even deeper into our lives because we know how much we need him today I want to I want to continue in the vein and uh, it was but a few months ago that I preached on the unexpected giving to this congregation and it is some from the verses that I just read to you and I and uh, just to touch real quick on a couple of those things. We find here that uh, Paul the Apostle is writing to the church of Corinth. And the church of Corinth was a, a very wealthy uh, city. The influence of the uh, Roman Empire, the economic power, the influence there uh, was great. And much trading and much wealth. And because of that, the church in Corinth was also a wealthy church. And Paul the Apostle writes to the church of Corinth and he begins to talk to them about uh, a, a church in Macedonia. And uh, he says to the church of Corinth, he says, I, I want to tell you about a church in Macedonia, a very poor church, a church that has very little. And, and not only are they poor, but they have been in great trials and great afflictions. And they are in great poverty. And uh, the economy there has collapsed. And uh, yet when they found out, Paul said, when they found out that there was a need amongst the brethren, the Macedonian church came together. And uh, they collected an offering. And they gave uh, this offering. Now Paul said, when I I realized that they were doing this. First of all, I was blown away at the size of the offering. Sort of like Pastor back in June of this year when we did our first fruits. I'm just going to be honest. I hope you let Pastor do that. Uh, I had even mentioned to my wife that, you know, if we collect ten or or $12,000 on that first fruits offering, I'm going to be ecstatic. I'm going to be excited. But that on that first fruits offering, thirty. $36,000 came in. Oh my, unexpected, beyond. You went beyond your measure. You went beyond.
beyond your ability. You sacrificed and you gave. And because of that, we have heard dozens and dozens and dozens of testimonies of the Lord Jesus Christ moving in our lives in so many ways and blessing us by His grace and His mercy, not only financially, but in other ways that He truly blessed us. One more time, will you clap your hands to the Lord? Come on, somebody. Let's give Him praise. Let's thank Him. And so Paul the Apostle is speaking about this church of Macedonia. And um, he was uh, so taken back by the offering. In fact, uh, as you read the scripture and you, you receive the understanding that Paul the Apostle actually said to the Macedonian church that, uh, no, you, you can't do this. You cannot uh, give this. You are in need. Why would you give to someone else? But the Macedonian church, Paul the Apostle said, they pressed upon us. They even begged us, please take this. And then Paul goes on to talk about something that was so incredible and so powerful. He he said, because they gave so unexpectedly, we beheld the grace of God that was bestowed upon them. Now Paul is writing to the Corinthian church because uh, they were witnesses. Paul says to them in the first verse that I read to you, he said, I wit to you. What that means is you have personally witnessed what I am talking to you about. That God, after the Macedonian church gave and they sacrificed God began to pour out his grace. He began to pour out his mercy. And it took us all back at the unbelievable measure power of God that began to present itself in the Macedonian church. And you've seen it, Corinthians. You know that this is true. And you know that it has taken place. It was unexpected, but it was powerful. I told them not to do it, but they insisted that they would and so Paul brings this to uh, the remembrance of the mass of the Corinthians of how God had moved upon this church and so then now Paul in verse 7 he begins to speak again to the Corinthian church and this is what I feel like the Lord wants to speak to you and I here today. He wants to encourage us and he wants us to show us some things that uh, we need to receive. Now listen, I'm only going to speak for a few more minutes. I don't have uh, a long message today. I just, I just come to encourage us uh, who have committed, who have said, yes, I will. Uh, the Holy Ghost has come to encourage uh, that even when it's difficult, uh, even when it's hard, uh, even when you can't see, uh, just be faithful. Do what you committed to. Do what you promised. Uh, and watch the grace of God be bestowed uh, upon you and your family. And we're going to see the grace of God bestowed uh, upon this church. Uh, my Lord, uh, the Holy Ghost has already told us uh, if we'll do our part, uh, he'll do his part. Uh, listen, uh, we're doing our best. Uh, but our part is still so small compared to what we need but God said don't look at the need just do what I called you to do and I'll do everything else
Clap your hands to the Lord. Give God praise. Come on. I want some worship in the house today. I want him to know we love him. I want him to know we're willing. I want him to know. So Paul begins to speak to the Corinthian church now. The Corinthian church was also known uh, uh, to be a very knowledgeable church and, and uh, scholars and great speakers. In fact, later on in the chapter, we won't deal with it, but later on in the chapter, I thought it was kind of amazing. Paul the Apostle mentions a, a young man that's going to be traveling with Titus and uh, out of the Corinthian church. And he says, he, says I, he doesn't name the young man, but he says the young man traveling with Titus. He said, you know who I'm talking about. He is Famous all over the apostolic church for his preaching. Uh, and I thought that was kind of unique that Paul would say and mention uh, that there was someone that was actually popular in his days concerning the preaching uh, of the gospel. And so the Corinthians were known for their powerful preaching. They were known for their doctrine. They were known for their diligence. They were even known for their love. Some of it was bad love. But they were known for their love to one another. In verse number 7, look. Look at this. Paul says to the church of Corinth, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, as you outshine in so many areas, when people look upon you, Corinthian church, you are the epitome in so many areas. So he addresses them and says, As ye abound in everything, he starts out with, As you abound in faith, as you abound in utterance, as you abound in knowledge and in diligence and in your love to us. He ends that verse by saying, See that ye abound in this grace also. What grace are you talking about, Paul the Apostle? The grace of giving. He was referring back to the Macedonian church. And he was saying to the Corinthian church, in, while you get your faith, while you get your knowledge, while you're great preachers, while you're diligent, while you love one another, don't forget, you must give to the kingdom of God and the grace of God will be bestowed upon you all. Stay with me a few more minutes. Abound in everything he said. Faith and utterance and knowledge and diligence and love. Peter talked about this in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 11. You don't have to go there, sister. Peter talks about these same things. You'll recognize the verses. He says, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to your knowledge temperance, to your temperance patience, to your patience godliness, to your godliness brotherly kindness, to your brother kindness charity. But then in verse 9, he said, but he that lacketh these things is blessed and cannot see afar off and have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. If you do these things, ye shall never fail. But Paul added something else to that list. He said not only faith, not only diligence, not only all these other things, but also add to that you're willing to give and be faithful and see that ye abound in this 
this grace, this grace, what grace, Paul? The grace of giving, the grace of sacrifice, the grace of blessing your brother, the grace of blessing your sister, the grace of providing needs, the grace of giving. What God is trying to say to us today, giving is not just something you have to do. It's something you get to do. Because when we do it, we are blessed. The grace of God is upon us. Now, I know I'm watching most of you. I know. We've. We've preached this whole subject of giving so long. Yeah, bless God, are you going to go hell? Going to burn. We've preached it in such a negative connotation. Giving was never negative. Search the scriptures. The little widow comes by the basket. She drops her two mites in the basket. It's all she's got. You would have thought Jesus would have went up to that little widow. I probably would have, Brother Roberts. I don't think I could have let that little widow give her last two little mites and put it in an offering plate that's probably going to be misused by that hypocritical priest anyway. And she drops her two little mites in that basket. Jesus didn't walk up to her and grab her hand and pull it away and reach in that basket and get out those two mites and hand it back to her and say, ma'am, you don't need to give this. You can't even afford it. No. He turned and looked at his disciples and he said, and I want you to know something in the eyes of God that woman has given more than all the others combined what Jesus was really saying is God is watching God sees God's paying attention and you cannot outgive God whatever you sacrifice it's going to come back pressed down shaken together Running over, come on somebody, cast your bread upon the waters, and in due time, it's going to come back. Oh yes, give liberally, and you'll be blessed liberally. It's the word of God. Giving isn't a curse, giving is a bless. When I give to God, my marriage is blessed, my children are blessed, my home is blessed. Yeah, I'm only going to say this for nine seconds and I'm going to move on. But the opposite does bring a curse. He said, if you don't give, you're going to be cursed. You want to know why your life's in hell. You want to know why everything's falling apart. Because God has spoke to you. He has spoke to your heart. You are to bless my kingdom. You are to pay your tithes. You are to give your offerings. You are to bless the man of God. You are to bless the church of God. You are to help. And you have refused. You have justified yourself with your little offerings. You've justified yourself with your blessing here and there. But God says, no, it doesn't work that way. You do what I've called you to do, and I will bless you. I will help you. I will uphold you. Clap your hands to the Lord. All right, I'm going to leave that. 
Do my guess. They only get this a couple times a year. So Paul says this grace. Talking about the grace of giving. I'm telling you. Now, you know your pastor. I do not preach the blabbing and grabbing. Name it and claim it. I don't believe that. I believe that you can be faithful in tithes and offering and still suffer financially. But I do believe that the blessings of God are on you. And, if he, and because you're faithful in tithing and offering, if he chooses to bless you financially, you have opened the door for him to do so. But if he chooses to operate in a different area of your life, you have still opened the door for him to do so. But this I can promise you. You may never be wealthy, but you'll never do without. You'll never bet for bread. Oh, no, you won't. There'll be clothes on your back. There'll be a roof over your head. There'll be food in your cupboard. His seed will never beg for bread. So this isn't about driving a fancy car or living in a nice home. This is about walking on streets of gold. This is about having a relationship with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. It's about being blessed on earth. It's about having peace with God on a, in a world that knows no peace. So Paul says when you get your knowledge, you get your wisdom, you get all of these things, you get your faithfulness, you get your diligence, you get everything. He said, don't you forget that you must give. He reminds them that it was the sacrificial giving that brought the, the grace of God upon the Macedonian church. Right in the middle of the greatest trial. It was like God put a bubble on that church. Their entire economy had collapsed. Everything was disastrous. But when they gave sacrificially, Paul the apostle said, we begin to witness something amazing. That in the middle of an economic collapse, God began to bless the Macedonian church. And there's another place here. We'll get to it in a minute, the Lord willing. Paul the apostle says, and for one solid year, they have continued to give and bless beyond their means. Because God has poured it into their life. 2 Corinthians 8 and 8, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion. Verse 8 of that chapter of the text. But by occasion of the forwardness of others. And to prove the sincerity of your love. Paul tells this Corinthian church, he says, it is in your faithfulness. That your love for the kingdom will be proven. And your faithfulness. It seems like a very bold statement. But Jesus said the same thing in Matthew 6 and 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. 
Paul said, it is in your sacrificial giving and your commitment and being faithful to your commitment that you have said that you would do. And I don't know, maybe some have come here today and you've done it for a few months and, and you've decided that this month is not a month that you're capable of doing it. But the God is, he's not just talking to you. Our God is talking to this whole church. I'm telling you, he's addressing us today. I just wish you knew how much your pastor struggle every time God makes him preach on money. I mean, he makes me. I hate it. I love people preaching to me, but I can't stand preaching it myself. God began to deal with me, and I believe it's the Spirit of God who is addressing this congregation and basically saying, Ah, you made a commitment. You said to me, God, that we'll do our part. Now you're believing me to do mine. Don't you back up on what you said you would do. That's what's going on in this place right here right now. But you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 9. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes... He became poor that he might through his poverty might be rich. It's not talking about bank accounts. We are rich in our souls. We are rich in our relationships. If we are walking with God and serving God and doing what is right, we are rich in him. Watch what he says to this church. Now, the Corinthian church had made a pledge. That's what's going on here. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Paul says to them, and, verse 10, and herein, I give my advice. Now remember what Paul said earlier. He said, I speak to you not by commandment, but I speak to you as an apostle who has a relationship with God and who understands what brings the blessings of God into your life. Herein I give my advice. For this is expedient for you. Corinthian church, you better hear me. You better hear what I'm saying. You're backing off on your commitment. You're not doing what you said you were going to do. Now I'm coming to you to let you know that to whom much is given, much is required. And what I am about to say is expedient. For this is expedient for you who have begun before. You began to do this thing, not only to do, but also to be for it a year ago. Paul said, this is something you pledged and you said you would do it for an entire year. <laughs> he reminds them that it was not a one-time gift, but a continual gift. 
Verse 11. Now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. Look at verse 12. For if if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according that he hath not. Paul is saying to them, you made up your mind, you were going to do this, and I told you, when you did it, make sure you do it within your means. And that's exactly what pastor told you. I said, don't you pledge something. That you can't do. You pledge within your means. You look at your income. You look at your bills. And then you tell God. I'm going to give up the potato chips. And the Dr. Peppers. And I am going to sacrifice. That money to the building fund. And I can look at you and tell. You have gone back to eating your potato chips. And drinking your Dr. Peppers. And so God comes here today to address you. Say, ah. No. You asked me to do something great for you. And you said, I'll do my part. It may not be big, but I'll do it. But God, we're dependent on you to do the greater part. And so Paul the Apostle is saying to this Corinthian church, I told you when this gift came, do it within your means. I said, you're going to make up your mind. You're going to give this for an entire year. It's what you're going to do. It's amazing this is in the Word of God. There's a principle here that we cannot miss, and I'm going to close in a moment. Ushers, if you'll get ready. And now you know why I decided not to take Mom's sanctuary off. You thought I was done preaching. I was hoping one of y'all would get convicted and do what you were supposed to do. Because you've done justified yourself and made up your mind in another direction. And God's come to tell you, no. He's not concerned about the sacrifice that you think it is. Now, they're not leaving. They're, they're music. And I know who my music is, so if one of y'all get up and act like y'all. There's a principle that we cannot miss. Paul said, now watch this. Paul said, but now finish doing it also. Don't make a vow and not keep it. Paul said to this Corinthian church, you started this. You better finish it. But I love the way, I love the way he brought it to them. He reminded them. Of the grace, the love of God, the mercy and the grace of God that was put on the Macedonian church because they were willing.
a sacrifice. Now, I know that I'm preaching to a sacrificial church, to the most wonderful people in the world. One of the reasons why I don't even like preaching this way, because I know you're already awesome. I'm like, God, you're trying to squeeze blood out of a turnip. It's like, keep just keep turning. It's like the Lord says, you let me worry about what, I, what they can give and what they can't give. Because he knows what we're really capable of doing. He also knows what he's willing to do. If we do what he's asked us to do. Now, Paul says in verses 11, 11 and 12, basically what he's saying is it is not enough just to decide that I'm going to do it. But it is something that we must determine in our minds that we are going to complete. Verse 8. Here's how he finishes this. Verse thir- chapter 8, verse 13. I'm sorry. For I mean, he says, not that other men be eased and ye burdened. Now, basically, what Paul is saying there, it is not right that some of you choose not to be a part of it, which means the burden is heavier on those who choose to be a part of it. Remember how we started out? Remember what pastor said? I said, I don't care if you put one nickel on that pledge card, a nickel. I want you to be a part of it. My goal is that everyone was giving something. I don't think we got any nickels, but we got some dollars. But that's all right. We didn't we didn't look at names or nothing like that. I don't even think we put names on them, did we? We did? Okay. So you're not gonna get a bill in the mail. Like FPNL. The point was is that we were all a part of it. That we that every single one of us joined in together, no matter how small, no matter how large. That we made up within our own minds, our own minds, that this is what I can do. Choose to do. So God comes back to us today. What month is this? November. So we're not even halfway through yet. But he's here today to say to me and you, stay faithful. No matter how difficult. Stay faithful. You know, if everyone actually tithed, majority of the tithing is used to support our ministry. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about other ministries. A church this size, I'd love to have a full-time youth pastor. But I, I can't afford it. In fact, 
if I can just be honest with you, we've had to cut back in some areas, and if things don't improve a little bit, we're going to have to cut back in some other areas. But it doesn't have to be that way. You have to make up your mind as an individual that God and his kingdom is more important to you than anything. And then you have to believe his word. You have to believe his word. His word says, if you pay your tithe and offering, that he will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings to you like never before. And we know those blessings don't necessarily mean he's not going to give you the lotto numbers. Stop praying about it. First of all, you'd backslide if you, if you wanted. You'd say, yeah, oh, I'd pay my tithe. I'd do it so you yeah. I think it was Jesus that said, if I can't trust you in the little things, I can't trust you in the big things. You're not paying your 10 cents on your dollar. You really think you're going to pay a 100 million on a billion? Bless God. That pastor in church don't need that money. No, they don't. But God's kingdom does. You put $100 million in your pastor's hand and you find out what I'll do with it. I'd build churches all over this world. Orphanages. Battered women's shelters. Homeless shelters. Yes, I would. You know why I know that? Because I'm doing it right now with the little I have. The little that we do. We have built churches and Bible schools and high schools and medical clinics all around the world. When you hold back, you put the burden greater on others. Verse 14, I believe that's my last verse. Second to last, almost done. But by an equality, Paul says, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply. Now watch what he says. Now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, for those that don't have an abundance. But then he says that their abundance also may be a supply for your want. Paul says right now you got it, so you better bless because there's going to come a time you ain't going to have it. And he said and if you want my grace and blessings on you so that when you don't have it, I'll move on someone else to make sure you do. Then you need to let me move on you now so that you can bless someone that doesn't. As it is written, he that had gathered much had nothing over. And he that had gathered little had no lack. I want to tell you, God's way is perfect. His way is perfect. He designed this thing. I was raised under Brother Creel when I got in church. 
Brother Creel took over the Westlake Church. That was way before I got there, but I just remember him telling stories. They were making peanut brills and all that stuff to pay the church money. You ever make peanut brittle? That's some hot stuff. If that liquid ever get on you, it'll burn right through you. Whew, man, it's hot. And don't bite it off with your hand. You burn your tongue. Bite it off with your mouth. Burn your tongue. Brother Creole got up and preached. He said, it has never been the will of God for a church to survive on peanut brittle. It is God's will that a church survives on tithe and offering. It blesses the people. It blesses the kingdom. And that church began to give, and they never made another peanut brittle, unless they just wanted to eat some. And they built a beautiful building. Still there today. Great church. Powerful church. Krill's going home to be with the Lord. This is God's method to bless me and you and to bless his kingdom. When I pay my tithe, God blesses me. When we pay our foreign missions and building fund and all the other things, God blesses me. He blesses me. And when you do it, God will bless you. Don't get upset at your brother if God decides to bless him in a certain way. Somebody testified about getting a car. One of y'all without a car got all mad at God. Why didn't I get my car? Well, she told you why she got a car. She wrestled with God a little bit, but she finally gave in. Paid her tithe. Gave her offering. I might be getting two testimonies mixed up, but it's all the same. It all comes out in the wash eventually. My Lord, son, I can't wait to see your tithe, Robert. $20,000 increase. You know what first fruits is, right? That means the first check goes to God. I'm just saying. He might not talk to you about that. I'm just saying. I'm just kidding. Let me tell you something. Don't you know something about pastor? I don't have a clue who pays tithes in this church. I don't look at that. Because I want to love you and preach to you. I want to believe in my heart that you're the most faithful person in the world. And I'm going to preach to you and love you. And some of y'all thought to yourself, man, I've been paying tithes all this time just because I thought pastor was watching. You don't have to worry about me watching. There's somebody else watching. He got his eye on you. And he said, she gave more than mine. He watching. He knew that what those other men were throwing in there wasn't tithe, offering. It was just a little extra that they had stole from somebody probably. Took out of some poor person somewhere and robbed them. Who knows? All right, let's stand. I'll give you a little hope here. Ushers, come on. Come on down or take your normal places.
No, you know what? I want all my ushers up front. So none, none in the middle. Now, I know other churches that would actually lock the doors, but we're not going to do that. I want all my ushers down front. We're going to all come. We're gonna, this is what we're going to do. We sort of did this when we did our, our initial uh, sanctuary offering. That's what this is, our sanctuary offering. And by the way, just so you know, we have, just so that you know I'm not preaching this because you're not doing your job, we have met, I don't, I don't want to use the word quota, what would it be? Our pledge. We have met our pledge every month. So I'm not preaching this because you haven't been doing it. To be honest with you, I have no idea why I preached this today. Outside of I know this was, as I know anything else I've ever preached, I know this is what God wanted me to minister today. So this isn't a rebuke so much as that you're not as much as it was Paul the Apostle saying to the Corinthian church I, I come to remind you you made a pledge don't back off don't back off because this is where the grace of God comes from and he said we know that because we watched the grace bestowed upon Macedonia we watched it with our own eyes and we heard testimonies across this sanctuary from faithful people who tithe and offering and how God has honored and blessed and moved. It may not always be job. It may not always be a raise. It may not always be these things. It's so many other ways that God can bless us. Help us and be with us and strengthen us. I'm telling you. The Lord is wanting to financially increase individuals in this church. And so he asked, can I trust you in the little that I've given you so that I can bless you even more? I don't know why I want to deal with this. I, I think it's because the world has just made this such an ugly subject concerning church and stuff. But if someone paid a million-dollar tithe right now today, by the way, that would be $10 million. That means you got $9 million left. My salary would not increase a dime. Not a dime. Your faithfulness and tithe and offering doesn't make Pastor Rich. Elizabeth and I take our portion. We live good. We eat good. I drive good. I live in a beautiful home. I wear $101 suits. It's all right. I'm happy in my $101 suit. You take great care of me and my family. But the majority of all of the tithing goes right back into the church. Paying bills, paying ministries, paying salaries. I'm 56 years old, so yeah, I'm putting a small portion of it aside. I'm, I'm going to get old and leave one day. And when I leave, you ain't going to care about me. I'm just an old man hobbling out. 
Who was that guy that used to pastor for us? Who was, what was his name? Now, I'm praying maybe one of my sons will take over and I can mooch off of them for a little while. I just want you to know that that's not how this church operates. We are in the top 100 every year, most of the time in the top 20 of given to foreign missions around the world. That's incredible. In the United, from the United States of America, we are a giving church, a giving church. I want you to take your, your sanctuary offering and um, we're going to hold it up before the Lord. And we're going to recommit. Now, if you didn't come with it today and you don't have it, don't, please. God's word is never about condemnation. Never. It is about conviction. So he'll convict us to do right. But he'll never condemn you. If you're condemned, you're condemning yourself. Or you're being condemned by the adversary. But he's not condemning you. So if you didn't bring it today, you can um, turn in your credit card. We'll give it back to you. You can bring it in next Sunday or whatever the case may be. I want us to... We're going to recommit to the Lord. This is what I want us to do. We're not only recommitting our sanctuary offering. We are recommitting to be faithful in tithe and offering. There's so much that God wants to do in this city. There's so much pastor could do if, I, if everyone was just faithful in tithe and offering. The things we would be able to do, the people would be able to reach. It just takes money. People say, well, God doesn't, God don't need your money. Yes, he does. He asked for it. He asked for it. He actually, he commanded it. And finally, it's not even yours. He's, you, you don't give 10%. You get to keep 90. It's all his. Right? So we're going to recommit. Not only to our sanctuary offering, we're going to recommit to our tithe and offering. I had a, I had a brother one time, last story, I know you're standing, last story. A brother, uh, a brother in this church that made, used to make him a certain amount of money and all of that. And things didn't go real well, so um, he hadn't been tithing. And so he said, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm going to tithe on what I need, not what I have, what I need in order to do what is right. And he just began tithing on what he knows he needs to come in. And just after a couple weeks, he came to me. This was a few years ago. He was so blown away at what God had done in his life. And the jobs that started coming to him. So I, I told him, I said, well, Lord, uh, brother, why don't you just think of a lot more you need and keep tithing on that. We have, we have men that give way beyond. I mean, they are men and women in this church who are wonderful blessers. But Paul says the problem is they're carrying the burdens. 
when if everyone would tithe, there would be Louisiana term, laniap, a little extra, a little extra. And then pastor would be able to do things a little more. We just say we loose the hands of God in Palm Beach and bring revival into this congregation like never before. Let's hold our sanctuary offering up before the Lord. Father, we stand before you as a church. As we did five months ago, Lord, we stood before you. We brought our first fruits and our sanctuary offering into this place. And, oh, God, it was unexpected. It was beyond, beyond what I imagined. And, Lord, we have heard so many testimonies since then, dozens of the blessings and the outpourings of God's grace and mercy bestowed upon this wonderful people. So we stand before you today because I know how important this obviously is to you. Because we came before you, Lord, we adjured you and said, God, we'll do our part if you will step up and do yours. And, and so here you are ready to come forward and do this great miracle. Yet you speak to us as a people and you remind us to be faithful in our giving. To be faithful in our sanctuary often to be faithful in our tithe faithful in our offerings above our tithe and giving to the kingdom of God that your grace may be bestowed upon us. I ask, Lord, that you look down upon us right now. These offerings we hold before you, I pray that you would multiply them. I pray that you would multiply them. I pray, I pray, ah, I pray that your blessing would be upon every family. Every single man, every single woman, every elder, every young person, every mom, every dad, every husband, every wife, every family, God, that you would just let the grace of God be bestowed upon us in so many different ways and so many different facets. Call out to you, God. We need you. It's bigger than us. It's greater than us. Lord, we can only do our small part and... God, we just ask that you would step up and do that greater part. Manifest yourself mightily. Bestow your grace upon us, oh God, as we give out of our want, as we give out of our little, God. We pray that the grace of God will be bestowed upon this church, that you would look upon us and be merciful and have compassion, and that you would honor and bless and give promotions and raises and calls them to change jobs, Lord, into, into better jobs, to bless them, bless in our health and our marriages and our bodies and our children. We ask it in the wonderful, mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody say amen. All right, hold on. Can we get a fast song? We got medium to fast or something like that? Yeah, yeah, medium. Okay. Because this is what we're going to do. When you read in the word of the Lord, they always came rejoicing when they brought their tithe and their offering.
It was never a curse to them. It was a blessing to them. As I taught for the last couple of weeks on the Thanksgiving offering that we would bring, brings the grace of God and the love of God and the blessings of God, the peace of God upon your heart being in right standing with the Lord. So this is how we're going to do this. So this section over here, about halfway, you know, about halfway down, you're going to go out that way and come to Brother Peart and Brother Legis. And then you halfway here, are y'all watching me? Y'all looking at me? You guys are going to come into this aisle, right? And then half of you guys are going to meet them, exchange envelopes so that you can don't even know what you're giving. And then you're going to come down the aisle to George, and maybe some of you make it over here to Brother Spears. And then this half, are you watching? Sister Wanda, you got this? This half, this way, you're going to come into this aisle, and you're going to come down to Spears or uh, Brother Jared. Ah. And, then, and then this half is going to come here, and then this half is going to go this way, and you're going to come over here to Brother Cal. Did that make any sense at all? And if, if you're a guest and you want to give, we welcome. If not, this is about our members. So please do not feel pressured in any way as a guest. Are you ready? All right, let's worship the Lord. One, two, three, four. Are you ready? All right, let's go. Bring your offering. My morning is 
my sorrow, God, and you turned it into joy. My sorrow. 